This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? I hope everyone is doing good amidst of these uh, pressing times. This is your new host, Anna. I will be hosting the interdisciplinary research sub-theme under the Physical Activity Researcher podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us Professor Cornel Wendy Lenort from Central Queensland University today. Um, so, Cornel leads the Physical Activity Research Group and the 10,000 Steps Program at the Central Queensland University. And I was actually about to ask you this question that the practice of being shifted to telehealth in um, during the COVID times. So overall, um, talking about telehealth and then about digital health, do you think that by all means digital health and uh, like telehealth being, being an example of that, it, it is superior to the traditional concept of health or this traditional concept of seeking treatment? Oh, absolutely not. It's just a, not a different form. I mean, in some circumstances, it can be superior. You know, if you live out in the outback and you need treatment, um, then I think digital health will, will definitely be superior. But, but um, you know, it, it's, all, it's often a, a quest of what works for whom under what circumstances. And... Um, for some people, this stuff will really, really work and they wouldn't want to do face to face, um, because it's just impractical, impractical or costly or they can't make time for it or m- many reasons. Um, but then for others, it's, it's, it's just, it just doesn't fly. They just don't have any affinity with the technology and it, it doesn't do anything for them. So uh, d- digital health or e-health, it, um, it can never be everything for everybody. Um, and, and I always get frustrated when, uh, I get reviewer comments back and they, they go on about that. Uh, it's like, well, what about the digital, um, what's it called? Um, the gap, um, those people that are not on the internet, I forget what you call it. Um, yeah, there's, there's always a group that you're not reaching. Um, yeah. but but that kind of goes beside the point. It's more about the massive amount of people that we can reach. And it's just mm. another avenue to try to do something and not saying, forget about all the other avenues. Like, hell no. Keep working on all the other avenues as well. We need all of them, all mm. of the avenues to help. I mean, um, my work is focused on trying to get individuals more active, but it's super important that we build a society that allows people to be more active a lot more easily than today we, in such a car-focused and dominated world with very few walking paths and cycle paths and, and parks and shade and all these other things, connectivity, all these other things that are really important for that, to um, support people in being active. And, and by all means, um, let's not put all our money on E&M health. That's just um, one small slice of the pie. And as far as I'm concerned, we need to go very hard on all the possible avenues to try to get people more active and um, 
I've got nothing against people that prefer individual counseling face to face. That definitely has its place and, and we should not discard it. Um, but obviously I'm, I'm very focused on trying to make this avenue more effective. Um, so it, it, it's not about superiority. It's about alternatives. We need to develop some sort of a matrix, um, that there's an option there for everybody, no matter what their circumstances are. Uh, and that's currently not happening. And I would, I should also point out though that, you know, despite the, the criticism that you often get, but, um, what about those groups that you're not reaching? Well, the opposite has also happened. The internet has also allowed us to reach groups that otherwise we could never reach. For example, um, uh, people with a rare disease. Um, they, they find themselves in self-help groups. Uh, you know, they, they start Facebook groups or blogs or whatever it is, and they find each other online. Whereas before the internet revolution, they were completely isolated because, you know, if you have a disease that only hits one in every 10,000 people, it's going to be very hard to find other, others with your disease. Well, thanks to, um, the online world, those people can now find each other, form groups, um, become more assertive, um, and also as a researcher, you can then tap into those groups if you, if you, um, uh, if that's your target population. Um, that's where you can find these people and often they're very um, keen to participate in research. Whereas prior to the internet, you would have no chance whatsoever in, in finding enough people for your study. Definitely. It's just that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So what works for some people may not work for the rest of the people exactly. yeah as long as it is working for some people and is advantageous for them i think that's the point all right um well uh, we have talked about the past present and future of the digital um interventions in digital health um and you to light on the web app and tracker based interventions and then we covered so many points um, would you now like to tell us about the 10,000 Steps program uh, that you took up when you moved to Australia? Sure. Um, 10,000 Steps is a bit of a special one. Um, I'm, I'm leading the 10,000 Steps program here at the Central Queensland University. Um, I've been doing that since 2014 or something, so it's been a while. Um, but it, it was there a long time before um, I, I got here. Um, okay. so it, it started back in 2001, um, with a, a bunch of researchers, uh, from UQ and Central Queensland University that got together and, um, had this great idea. And so the, I think the, well, I'm not sure the lead investigator was Wendy Brown. Uh, and it started as a, um, um, a whole of community sort of intervention where the idea was to um, hit people with the 10,000 steps concept here in Rockhampton, everywhere they went basically, because we had the local media on board, we had the GPs on board, we had the university, we had Heart Foundation Sports Medicine Australia, uh, the supermarkets were in on it. It was really everywhere around, uh, the, the council was on the board uh, and created all these walkways. So it was really everywhere you went in Rockhampton, um, you, you couldn't avoid the 10,000 steps program. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was the, the whole concept of a whole of community intervention. And then, um, for the, for the initial research study, Mackay, 
a couple hundred kilometers up north, um, was the comparison city where none of the 10,000 steps um, actions were happening. Um, and they had the, the separate, separate local media, so, so they wouldn't get too much um, contamination. Um, and so the whole idea was let's, let's go really hard in Rockhampton with 10,000 steps and then see to what extent it improves um, their physical activity and then compare that to uh, Mackay where no promotion happened. Um, okay. And the, yeah, it was a big success, basically. It was very successful. People loved it. People still loved the 10,000 steps concept a lot. Um, and, uh, based, because the initial research project was only a two year project. Um, but the state government loved, loved the outcome so much that said, we were, we're going to continue to fund your project. Um, mm-hmm. mind you, I was not involved at that, at that stage at all. Um, on our, our first land of the program, when Wendy Brown um, did a presentation in Ghent, um, you know, she was traveling around the world, and that's where I, I met her for the first time, and she was talking about 10,000 steps. Little did I know that uh, so many years later, I would actually be leading that program. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, small world. Um, but yeah, and so, so when the state government then came to the party with more funding. They said, we want you to roll this out in all of Queensland, but with lesser money than we gave you for the original project. And so that basically meant a massive shift in how the program was implemented because um, how can you reach a lot of people with very little money? Um, we, we had to go digital. I would say we, by using, using the royal we. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't involved. Um, so, so basically that's where the, the whole web based approach um, started and uh, was after the initial whole of community uh, type intervention um, where, where the focus was really very strongly on, on the digital side of things to try to reach more people. And it's, it's worked really well. Um, and and the, the, the program has continued to evolve. So it's, this year will be our 20th year that uh, 10,000 Steps has been around. And um, yeah, when, when smart, smartphones and apps became a thing, we developed an app. Uh, I think we're currently at the, uh, the fourth version of the website. Um, and we, we offer new features, um, in that website, um, just to keep people engaged and, um, keep coming back. Uh, we create, uh, challenges. So I suppose that's part of the um, sort of gamification with these challenges, uh, workplace challenges or individual challenges. Uh, so there's some sort of either internal competition or competition with your teammates or workmates or whatever it is mm. um, to to try to get to 10,000 steps a day. Um, yeah, and so we are now very close to having nearly a half a million people uh, using the 10,000 steps program since since we started tracking it. Um, okay. We've had, we had, I think, we over 17,000 um, organizations signing up to imp- implement a workplace challenge or something like that. Uh, and I think, was it? I need to check the website. Over 250 billion steps logged on the website. Every day, people log about 40 million steps. And the uh, program was immensely popular during the, the first lockdown, the first COVID lockdown, um, where 
yeah, our website went crazy, basically. Uh, the engagement with the program quadrupled. Um, we, since April or so, we've signed up 60,000 people. Um, it, it's been going crazy, uh, which is good. Love it. And, and the, the, the beauty of it all is that because it's totally weapon-based program, we could actually cope with that demand. Uh, and, and scaling up wasn't really much of an issue. The infrastructure was there to, to handle it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's 10,000 steps. For most sedentary behavior and physical activity researchers, collecting the research data is one of the most frustrating steps of a project. Introducing Fibian Sense Motion, the beginning of a new era. Fibian Sense Motion is a cutting edge next generation system that allows you to easily and remotely collect, store, and manage data. Don't compromise on the quality of your research or the project timeframes. Discover the convenience and power behind our solution at sense.fibian.com. That is sens.fibian.com. That's quite interesting. So the number of steps that you just mentioned, um, I think you said 40 million steps um, logged in daily. So are you just talking about Australia or are you talking about other countries as well? Uh, it, it's, it's the number that changes. When you go to the homepage of 10,000 Steps program, you'll see there's a banner there that says so many steps logged and so many people registered. That, that number goes up at 40 million a day on average. Uh, and that's any step taken anywhere, but the vast majority of those steps are taken in Australia and most in Queensland because we, we are mostly, well, predominantly, uh, funded to work in Queensland, even though people can access our website anywhere in the world and it's for free. Um, yeah. the, it's the Queensland government that's been paying us to roll it out in Queensland. So most of our marketing efforts and implementation efforts, um, have really been focusing on Queensland for most of the time. Only this year, uh, sorry, last year, it was the first time that we got funding from another state, South Australia, where we've implemented the Billion Steps Challenge. Um, and uh, looks looks like there will be, well, yeah, a minister announced earlier this week um, that we'll be working more with South Australia. So we're very excited about that, that it's uh, no longer just Queensland, but also um, another state. And we're hopeful that even more states will come on board at some point. Fingers crossed. Um, so has it been adopted by any other country or is it primarily like based in Australia? Um, it's definitely been, well, adopted. I should, I don't know if that's the right word. It's, it's been copied. Um, okay. and, and it's been implemented around the world. Uh, uh, because I'm from Belgium, I know Belgium, um, had a lot of 10,000 steps work done with their own version of, of their 10,000 steps project. Um, uh, and, and it, it has been rolled out in many other countries as well. Um, either governments doing it by themselves or sometimes health companies, commercial, um, and other global corporate challenges kind of using more or less the same concept with, with workplace challenges and, um, uh, people striving for more steps. Um, so, so it doesn't always, it's not always called 10,000 steps as the, other names have been used for it, but it's the same concept basically that's been adapted and um, promoted and disseminated. So, um, yeah, I think as far as I know, the, the, the project that Wendy Brown and her colleagues came up with at the time, 
that was the yeah. first, they were the first to come up with that concept. And it's a concept that's been uh, copied around the world. Right. So under the 10,000 steps, like, is it for everyone? Does it have any challenges or any tasks that need to be done? Or is it just simple that you just have to um, walk as many steps as you can with the target of 10,000 steps a day? Um, like, could you, could you throw some light on that as well? Yeah, so it takes about 10 minutes to do 1,000 steps. And so it means if you want to do 10,000, that's a lot of minutes per day. You know, um, when the recommendation is to do about 30 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per day. Yeah. Uh, so, but of course, um, just by being alive and awake, um, you will start taking up steps. You know, you make breakfast in the kitchen, you vacuum around the house, um, you, you do some garden work, whatever you do, you will be um, collecting steps. Um, so, Everybody will have a baseline steps, even if they're not trying. And, and so they are incorporated in that 10,000 steps number per day. Um, and so for everybody, the main idea is to, um, before they really try and become more active and increase their steps is to assess their baseline. What's my baseline? How many steps am I doing every day? Yeah. And there will be a fair bit of variety. I mean, it will, be, it will differ for people that have office jobs or people that um, do labor. Um, there may be a, a great variation there. So, so, and therefore, um, for some people, it will be very easy to get to 10,000. Some may well already be there without trying. And for others, it will be extremely hard because um, they have a much bigger gap to bridge. Uh, so, the, the concept of 10,000, it is, it is a bit of a marketing slogan. It's catchy. People understand it. It's challenging. It's, um, you know, it's motivating people to really give it a hard go. Um, but, but it's, um, for us, the thing is, and, and this is a byline of our program is every step counts. And so if you don't get to 10,000, that's not the end of the world. It's, it's people need to tailor that goal for themselves. Um, and for some, it will be more than 10,000. For some, it will be less than 10,000. Um, so we are already very happy if people add two or 3,000 steps a day above their baseline, because that, that's already about 30 minutes of activity. Yeah. And, and, sure. and that may not mean that you meet 10,000 steps, but it still makes a lot of difference. Uh, and, and the research is fully um, backs this up. There's more and more research coming out that for every thousand steps that you take a day your mortality rate goes down uh, i think it was six percent or something um and and there's yeah there's a fair, a fair few studies that demonstrate the health impacts of walking um and the more you do it the more you walk on a day the, the better it is for your health and and you know it's Ten thousand steps is in a way just an arbitrary number, but it's it's um, it's a catchy one. It motivates people, and and um, we've been running with it all along. Um, but but it's um, you know it will be different for everybody. So why would people log in the steps? Like, is there any incentive for them? Um, well, I would say because it's a great program. It's easy to use. It's user friendly, and and it, it, it we put everything on the same page for them, and and it's it's. Um, yeah, you can use it in many different ways. We can, the program syncs with Fitbits and with Garments, but you can, 
continue to use the old-fashioned pedometers. Um, so, so and you can use it on a desktop. You can use it via an app. So, whatever works for people, um, we try to make it easy for people to use the program. And you know, the two most important components of the program are self-monitoring. Just the fact that mm -hmm. you start looking at how active you are will help people to become more active and goal setting. Um, and you know, your goals need to need to be you know, I suppose a typical smart goal. They need to be you know, somewhat ambitious. Um, and challenging, um, but still doable, and they need to be measurable, and all of these other things. And um, it, all that, all that sort of thing is very easy with with the ten thousand steps uh, concept. You know, the step is this the simplest um, unit of activity, and it's very easy to measure. Um, unlike moderate physical activity or vigorous physical activity, it's a whole lot more complex. Um, Concept that's a lot harder to measure. A step is very easy to measure, uh, and and so therefore it gives people really clear feedback on how they are going, how they are progressing against their goals. Are they making progress? Are they are they stagnating or not? Um, and then we bring in these um, more social components with challenges, um, mostly implemented through workplaces with with groups of people challenge each other. Um, we now um, also have what we call a health challenge. Um, and they're like yeah. super duper uber big uh, challenges where um, entire workplaces or health organizations challenge each other. Um, we had, um, for example, a health challenge with 20 universities involved and all striving to be the, the university with the most steps within a certain time frame. We had the um, health and hospital service of, um, what is it, uh, I think, Mackay, versus central Queensland, for example, where all the people that work in these uh, hospitals and, and health services are competing against yeah. each other. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, that's, it's that gamification element um, that, that is also attractive for people, I think. Okay, sounds good. Well, um, do you have anything else to say? Not directly. <laughs> because I think um, I had a list of questions with me and um, you have amicably answered all my questions and you have provided such a deep insight into the concepts of various concepts pertaining to physical activity, particularly digital health. We talked about web and app and uh, tracker-based uh, interventions and about the past, present and future of digital health. And then um, you were kind enough to um, give us time and throw light on the 10,000 Steps program as well, which it seems is a big success. So uh, if you don't have anything else to add or say, um, I would like to call it a day and uh, thank you so much for your time and for your energy. It was absolutely great talking to you. And um, I'm sure that uh, as I have benefited from this conversation with you, when the episode becomes available and the audience listens to the um, this um, episode, they will be able to benefit as well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And maybe just for closing, if anyone uh, listening is interested to, to learn more or talk to me about any of this stuff, um, more than welcome. Um, I'm always happy to talk to people um, and maybe, I don't know if, 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 if this will get posted with an e email address or anything like that, but, but people are more than welcome to um, contact me and I'm always happy to talk to people. 
Absolutely. And uh, this is a message for the audience from me that uh, whatever Cornel just said, I'm a witness to this thing that he is always really happy and passionate to talk about research. So if you have any questions, as he said, um, we'll try to post his email as well, or you can just Google it and uh, feel free to contact him and talk to him about his uh, current and future endeavors. Thank you very much, Cornel. Have a lovely rest of the evening. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Research Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be great help for us we have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes so be sure to tune in thank you all for your support and have a great day